welcome everybody to episode 12 of the Chilled Esports Podcast. I am your host here, Eugene Caffin, and I'm joined alongside me with my two best friends and co-hosts, uh, Joey Ray. Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, Eugene. Um, have had a good week in Blizzard and an all-around good time. How about you, man? Yeah, very good. Um, questionable. Um, <laughs> we, we will see. We will see. Uh, Blizzard's good. Non-Blizzard things, not so good. Um, and Christian, man, how, how are you doing? What's been going on? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. Had a great week in Blizzard and uh, otherwise. So, yeah, feeling pretty good. Okay, now that's good. That's good. Um, so, we got a pretty jam-packed episode um, today, guys. We saw some pretty heavy esports happening this week. Um, but before we get onto that, let's just talk about our week in Blizzard. What do you mean, Blizzard added monks before demon hunters? I'm afraid my condition has left me cold. Oh, the weak always fall. Alright, so I'm going to throw it over to Joey. Joey, how's your uh, week in Blizzard been this week, man? My week in Blizzard? So, I actually mostly played World of Warcraft this week. Surprisingly enough for me. Uh, <laughs> that is very surprising. I'm getting back into the land of Azeroth. Yeah, awesome, dude. I As never left, again. but <laughs> yeah, I, I it's glad to see you return. <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy to announce that my priest, Vodkatonich, is now in the high 20s and is questing around uh, Stone Teller Mountains. Ah, yes, my good friend, Vodkatonich. Vodkatonich is here. Vodkatonich. <laughs> and she is now the savior of Blood Mist Isle. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So I'm like, yes, I've done uh, Blood Mist. And recently I was having a chat with a work colleague, which sort of went into an interesting direction around um, the changes in World of Warcraft. For those who don't know, when playing World of Warcraft now, the monsters level up with you. So the idea is, the idea being that. Um, well, one of the things that used to suck about playing uh, leveling was that you wouldn't really finish a zone because you'd sort of get halfway through the zone, but, but, but by the time you're halfway through, you've actually out-leveled all the content, so all mm. the content's like comparatively weak to you, so you're just, you know, just sitting there blasting through it. Yeah, or like it just will end up being grey and just not give you XP, which had a very disconnected um, like story experience. Exactly, right? Because the, the very last dude in the area is meant to be like the big badass, but when the big badass it like doesn't it's so easy he doesn't even give you experience. You're like Really? You guys couldn't handle this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we should probably clarify that um the out leveling of zones is uh, a fairly recent thing. So so prior to what Wrath of the Lich King, I think it was. Mm. Um you, you you used to have to go to other zones to try to find extra quests to be able to do the high level. Um, so, so Christian, uh, Christian, just to clarify, mm. you're calling the Lich King recent in World of Warcraft? No, well, <laughs> I, I suppose um, it, it like the changes started after Lich King. So, like Cataclysm, they changed the whole um, like Azeroth, Eastern Kingdoms, and Kalimdor, and changed all the quest lines. Mm -hmm. um, and then gradually from then, they've um, knocked down the experience. Um, so that you you out level the areas faster. So I guess that that trend is relatively recent. 
Yeah, so uh, the the recent part is when we've been overtuned due to um, more expansions. I actually did the leveling experience during like uh, during the cataclysm during that particular expansion, and it was actually just relatively streamlined and straightforward. Like they had the experience down to a T um, mm. at that point. So if you did it during cataclysm, it was fine, but it was just a little bit after then when we got some extra abilities and they nerfed it slightly i'm pretty sure they made it a bit easier that this was a problem so i would yeah. say that um there's another thing that uh is missing from the equation and that is a patch that was near the end of burning crusade uh which is where they got rid of the um at the end of every zone there was like a bunch of elite creatures Basically, like like around dead mines, for example, like the you couldn't actually do the dead mines because everything around the dead mines was elite, um, or similar in uh, Sepulchre. What's it called? The uh, under the Shadowfang Keep. Shadow yeah, yeah, Keep. So, so you couldn't. Uh, there was a lot of questing around the end of that area, like not not Shadowfang Keep itself, but there was uh, again, I've forgotten his name, but. Aragorn? I don't think it was Archmage Aragorn. No, it was um, there was a different Archmage who was doing stuff on his own little Gimpy Island, and it, it, it was the final quest in the dead in that area. And ah, yes, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, you, you know what I mean. It's, it's the guy who's like like sitting on an island, like like yeah. jerking off. Yep, yep. <laughs> Going, mm, look at this wagon I have. <laughs> but um, and you couldn't complete that as undead. Because um, it was just too hard, and um, you needed like like you know two or three two or three buddies to help you out, and that was a good experience where like it was really difficult to complete the area. Whereas after all the changes we talked about, including the um, getting rid of the leads, uh, changing it to the cataclysm questing experience, uh, heirloom items, and the expansion creep. Uh, it all sort of makes it into, you know, you don't really complete the area. Everything just turns grey like before you've done anything. And to fix this, what they've done is they've switched to the monsters now level up with you, and it's now some sort of weird percentage damage that you do to them, um, so that a level 23 hero and a level 42 hero can fight the same mob, and it's still relatively difficult, because it'll have a different... Um, a different view to 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 each player, hmm. and basically, it's really cool. Uh, it's yeah, like, I mean, as, the as somebody sentence. who never played in Legion, yeah, this would seem cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Legion was pretty much like where they introduced this technology. So they introduced it at the start of Legion, and it was just the best because you could go to any place, everything scaled with you, and everything was all good. And then probably when they saw the success of Legion, the, there was a light bulb, but like. Wait a minute. What if we did it to the whole of Azeroth? And um it's just the best thing ever. And yeah, I think that was a really big part of the time walking events as well, where they were testing out um the mm. different ways that they could bring back the old content using the same percentage based system. Yeah, yeah, sure. They actually scale you down for that, but I don't know what that actually means, like uh game wise. Yeah, I think um uh, yeah, all, all I can do is make assumptions, so, so mm. I don't actually know. I have to agree with you guys. Like, it is pretty cool, but mm. in saying that, I still do miss 
like the old style where you'd have to, you know, plan out how you're going to go through each zone and move to different zones. And I don't know, there's just something about that old style that I really liked. Well, man, <laughs> Classic WoW's coming. Yeah, Classic WoW's coming for you. So, yeah. Taking out exactly the way it was. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I'm enjoying the story in Lord of Larry's. And I, I sort of, as I was playing Priest, I had a um, had sort of a, a little thought cell going in my head, like, how do you make... Because sort of an, an interesting thing I think they do with Warcraft and other games is they make the damage feel different to every class. And I was sort of looking at the various effects of, of how they do this. So, and it, it essentially boils down to colors. Like, uh, affliction is purple and green, whereas light damage is white and blue. Mm. And, and and all the different sparkles that, that like come off your your cool abilities really do just make it make each character feel unique and different. And I, I think it's really um, it's really interesting when when you think about it this way. But I don't think I have. Um, I don't think I have much more to say about it other than it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, they've done. They've done a lot of work to make sure that each of the classes have their own identity. That's like the big mm. thing that you get from the WoW team. And if you hear like Ian has a Costas or anybody talk about it, it's always like you know we want the classes to matter and we want you to feel like you are this class or or even to the extent of you're this particular specialization in this class. Um, mm. So yeah, they they've done all that to to try and to try and like differentiate. The game for everybody and it's just been a thing ever since the start like i could always tell the difference even in like vanilla wow between if i was playing a priest or if i was playing a warlock you know they're very very different and they look different and um yeah they've just always done a good job at differentiating those two things not a surprise and i think rotationally as well like if there's a difference between priest and warlock in that then sorry i haven't played warlock in a long time and i only played it more recently but mm. priest is more like um, you do a direct damage spell followed by a dot, followed by um, a, a couple channeled abilities. And I think Warlock is kind of the same, but I don't know, there's just something uh, different about sort of the order that you do it in for the, for the optimal DPS, but I can't really say what it is. Yeah, um, that always happens, and it's just always something that Blizzard is really good at now. Like, mm. when, when they do class design, like, they have just a team of dudes who are like, how do we make these specs flow and feel better than you know feel different they'll feel good to play etc and um you know mm. that's just their job and they have a lot of people on it the, 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 but i will say that they have really nailed it because um mm. yeah i agree very much so I, I i'm also just really enjoying priest i think it's i think it's quite fun mm -hmm. as for uh heroes so I played a bit of Heroes this week. Uh, not not so much. I'm still looking for what I really want to do with my game. Um, I've got a I've got a few I've got a few ideas. Uh, whether I want to be a combo mage, sort of like uh, what's her name, Chromie, uh, pushing out the spells to like blow to blow shit up, or what I've put down as a specialist butt part. Uh huh. So <laughs> a specialist butt part in my head is like someone who's like. You know, you're always playing against Sylvanas, and Sylvanas is always in in some other fucking lane taking taking a tower, or um, or, or, or or you're always dealing with like the super Asmodan wave because he's just like obliterating a tower all by himself, and you're like, mm. uh, and you have to split someone up from the team fight to just deal with the fucking Asmodan. Yeah, so you you, you want you want to see if that play styles for you? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm thinking of being a. I'm thinking, thinking of switching to special spot part, but I um, uh-huh. I, I haven't been having much luck with Gasly, uh, which is a bit disappointing. But I, I, I think I can grow to like him. Yeah, Gasly is one of the more special specialists. He is pretty special. His <laughs> abilities never go off. I, I feel like I throw it out, and I'm just waiting there for a million years. This <laughs> supposedly three second bomb. Yeah. Like, oh, Stay in the effect. Yeah. Um, well, the, yeah. This is the thing. Like, three seconds is like an eternity. Yeah. It, and it's uh, absolute eternity. Um, the, the the other place I'm thinking of uh, experimenting with is uh, what I've called triple X AA killer six nine six nine triple X. Uh huh. And that's the um that's the classic Genji, <laughs> the classic Genji. I think. Uh-huh. So, you know you. you it's sort of what you think of when you think of like the the ex Call of Duty uh, current MOBA, MOBA player, where you know you you have to maximize your kills. Oh sure, and then like B step spray smack talk everybody while doing it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> and uh, and also I got down that I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna experiment with this week is um, stop worrying and I love the support. Uh-huh. So just just spam in some good old fashioned Uther games. So um, maybe pick up Oriel. Mm, yeah, Uth is one that I wanted me wanted to play as well recently. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me with um, Blizzard. I'm still doing my programming, obviously. I'm gonna be sprinkling some JavaScript into Chill Esports and do some cool light boxes and stuff. And so that should be cool. Yeah, awesome, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, I uh, think we'll head it over to Christian. Christian, how's your week been? Yeah, my week's been pretty good, man. Um, Played a bit of Warcraft, Overwatch, and Heroes this week, so a bit of a variety. Yeah, cool. Um, so I guess to start off with, in Warcraft, World of Warcraft, I've resubscribed. Yeah. Uh, Resubbed. Yeah. Welcome back. Do, 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 do. Well, I think the, the whole World of Warcraft thing, it's, it's a bit like Hotel California. You know, you can check out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such a lovely place, man. You know. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Trying to decide what character I want to carry on through to Battle for Azeroth. Mm-hmm. You mean with uh, So, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been playing it, <laughs> but um, I'm still thinking, you know, maybe a hunter, maybe a warlock. Um, not 100% sure yet, but I'm just going to play rogue until I'd not to play rogue, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. Um, from what I from what I've uh, sort of realized with World of Warcraft is that, um, especially like myself, like one is always never enough. So. Um, you can start off with Rogue and then find something else later on. Never too late. I fear that um, I, I may just end up just finding Rogue again. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what's in your soul. Yep, that's right. Um, other than World of Warcraft, I've been playing some Overwatch. So I've tried the new Symmetra, and she seems quite strong. Um, mm. Seen her in a couple of games. Uh, I think her new ultimate can be quite powerful in certain situations. Um, and depending upon the enemy's team composition, um, I think it can completely shut down pushes onto like the um, the two DP um, maps. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she's quite strong. Uh, teleporter seems pretty zany. Uh, we're playing around trying to figure out what other things I can teleport. Did they change teleport? Yeah, it's just like one of yeah. our base abilities now. <laughs> what? Yeah. And you can um, you can move things like junk rats, rip tie through it. Oh no, really? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, oh, and you can sort of just like place it between any two places as well. Like, so yeah, it's kind of like a Medivh portal. You know, like you can set, oh, your, except you can send shit sucks. through it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty interesting. Mm. Awesome. I must say, uh, in the same patch, I've really been liking the group finder function as well. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing as well when when I was uh, when I was going to be talking. Um, it just seems really cool. Yeah, um, I've played maybe a dozen games using it, and um, every time I've had no well balanced teams that mm -hmm. um, communicate and, for the most part, get along. Um, so yeah, it's been great. I think the, um, the difficulty, uh, where it comes to the, the, the skill level is a little bit raised because you can join a group with people that are way above your, your skill. Um, but you know, it's, I think it's a good experience anyway. Yeah. So from sure. my point of view, I, I'd be joining people who are ELO 600 because my ELO is 500. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, they're basically gods amongst men. <laughs> well, I, I guess the, to, to put it into context, um, Eugene and I went into a, a game that we um, we joined from a group, find a group, um, where there was two top 500 players on the opposing team. That doesn't oh, seem balanced. What? Is that what happened? Yes. Uh, so if you remember that game that we played on Nepal? Yeah. Yeah, there was two top 500 players on the opposing team. Dang. That's why we got uh, rolled. Yeah, okay. That makes a lot more sense. You guys got rolled like a pizza. Yeah, we did. Uh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, and it was also our, the it was also the other game too the uh, the one on uh, Route sixty six. Yeah, we got we got destroyed on that one as well. Anyway, but yeah, such is life. Um, so finally, I've been playing some Heroes of the Storm as well. Um, so mostly Asadar and Jaina. Huh? So revisiting both of them and, and enjoying playing both. Um, but all I can say is Ultrak Pass is sweet. Oh yeah, I second that. I love Ultrak Pass. Such a good one. How much? How much honor do you get for Ultrak Pass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, no idea. <laughs> Sorry, that's um for for for, for youngins, That's a very old bad meme. How much? How much honor is AV? It's like you just see a spam in chat. You also like said that like the first years. time we played the game, man. Yeah, man. I know. And you got I'm, zero telling, responses, so... I'm telling the listener. Yeah, because nobody remembers the names, man. No. Yeah, weren't around the back then. No, they were around in my heart. And you got to remember that we're, we're, we're old bastards as well, so... There's a, there's a generational gap. Very true. All right, and that's, uh, that's my weekend, was it? Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so my week, as I alluded to earlier, was good, followed by bad. Um, here is, I, I actually didn't get, get to play too much, uh, but I did get to play a few things. So I did play some heroes. I got to try Yurel again and had a lot more fun with her after her most recent buff, um, which is where she had a, a bunch of changes to talents. But most importantly, the cooldown on her trait has been reduced. Um, so she gets to okay. use her D more often. Um, yes. which yeah, which was just like awesome. Um, not having to do a channel for for stuff is just crazy. It's just really good and helped her out. 
What was that? Giving bitches the D day and night. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. It was really, it was really good. <laughs> um, uh, I still think that they can do some more to help her out. Um, to reduce the uh, channel time would be a good start. Uh, but I hear that there are like problems with the animation if they do that. So I think uh, what they've done now is a bit of a quick fix. And I think they may look at changing the animations so that um, she can channel a little bit faster. I think if they can do that, then she'll definitely see some uh, a, a lot more viability. Um, and I'm really happy with the changes that they did to her as well. I uh, I also just have to point out that um that I that I and I think we uh, all have a hundred percent win ratio on all track pass. Yes, we do. So we have just never lost on that particular map. I feel it's because of our uh, mass amounts of uh, experience in all track valley. I uh, I feel absolutely <laughs> yeah. I'm an old veteran of the fucking death bridge. Yeah, so we're all like seasoned veterans of all track valley, and we know everything in that land back to back <laughs> so, um, yeah. so yeah i feel i feel that's uh all why that's been going on but re really enjoying it, it a lot um it was a bit weird though it was a bit weird the first time i uh, l track fast loaded up I, I just wanted to go to the top of the map to look for the the fucking null mine to <laughs> to, 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 to to grab the mine for, for our sake but you're not a rogue true yeah so I, should, I probably should have gone in with Valera, right? Yeah, yeah very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well, I, I went back to Varian and just been having a really good time with that guy. I uh, I just think that getting your level, like your heroic at level four is kind of broken. Um, and I, I really do like him in quick match. Uh, could, could you do give yourself the opportunity to um, to diversify for your team? So that, that was really fun. Got to play some taunt, do some taunt shenanigans. It was really good. Um, I'm also, uh, in Overwatch, I've also been really, really liking the group finder system of the little exposure that I've had to it. I thought it was a really, really good idea. Um, now if I want to go in and play a tank, I can go play a tank and say, yep, I just want to be Winston or Winston Diva or any of the other tanks that I want to play all day long. Or, you know, if I want to like do something else, like play Doomfist and I can just be like, I'm playing damage. Um, and I also really like the merging of the offense defense into damage as a category. I thought that was a good move. Uh, it sort of, uh, provides a bit less stigma onto some of the other characters like, uh, Hanzo, for example, oh, um, why, why Hanzo was considered, uh, defense was beyond me considering he can do more damage than most damage dealers. Oh, sorry. Offense heroes. So I, I thought it was good, um, that they actually did that so that, it's much easier for them to uh, make team comps with group finder. So that was really cool. It just streamlines the game really. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It really does. Yeah, I actually didn't know about that change before you just said it. And that, that actually sounds like a really, really good change. I, um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it is. So you still have um, tank, tank uh, support and damage. When everybody has a gun, like having a defense class doesn't really make sense. Like everybody <laughs> already has a gun. You all shoot. You all do damage. So like, why, why split damage between offense and defense? You know, it's kind of it's kind of awkward. It, it it did seem a little awkward, um, but I can see why they were doing it because they wanted to um, have a different specialization for those people that were specifically good at defending points. So you knew that mm -hmm. oh, if I take this particular hero, that they're going to be good at defending. Yeah, but that sort of uh, restricts the meta in some ways, right? Because I mean, you can you can put Bastion on the you can put Bastion on the payload, 
Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and make and them an offense thing. Card. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree with that. And it was up to the people to to make all these uh, sort of links in their head. These new like these new things. It, it it's it's really accustomed to like doing uh, stupid things that our friend used to do in League of Legends, like play these <laughs> like you know crazy heroes in whatever role they wanted to. So, yeah, exactly. Like it 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 still gave the option to do that. You just knew that it would probably wouldn't be the best idea. So. I, I feel I feel it's okay, but I do like the change. Um, I also have to announce some non-Blizz things that were bad this week. Yeah, what happened? Well, so I recently moved, and I had some help from my friend. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, he was moving, and we were all there, and we were helping move all of the big furniture. Normally, pretty fine. And you know what? It was actually not too bad. We uh, we had we had a few dudes there. We had a few really big boys to help us out. Um, mm-hmm. But then, then it came to the goddamn white goods. Yeah, the white goods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did they make light white goods? Like, yeah, I know, goods. right? I know. So I, I just I just want to like ask both of you. Did you guys hear me when I asked them whether or not they had a trolley for this? Multiple yeah. times. Yep, good. Absolutely. Did we use a trolley? No. No, we didn't. And guess what? I fucked my back while trying to move a fridge. Yep. That's what happens. Yes. So I've pretty much been laying down for the past day or so trying to recover. Um, The Google diagnosis is that I have pulled the back muscle and pinched a nerve ending, not a nerve root. Um, So it will take... Very painful experience. Uh, yeah, it was a very painful experience. Um, I wasn't able to eat dinner properly. I kind of had to sort of like lay or sit funny to like eat my dinner last night. Um, but, um, feeling much better today. Took some Nurofen as well because I thought it might be a bit inflamed and, uh, seemed to work out pretty well. So it started out fine, uh, but then went really badly. (sighs) Anyway. Well, well, the the, the good news is he's all moved in now and like the house looks sweet. Yeah, yeah, so, no, the house does look sweet. All moved in and everything's all good, so nothing to worry about. All right, um, so that's me over. Uh, so let us jump into a couple of quick things before we get onto our esports. Uh, there is a couple of things um, in Blizzard news. So now that we're all back into World of Warcraft, um, you guys probably all would have noticed that there is a large, like a quite large uh, patch, like pre-patch download that's happening. Um, yes. yeah. yeah, so Pretty it's huge. about like 15 gig or some shit like that. It's massive. Um, and it's just pretty much hinting at the fact that the pre-patch is going to be coming very soon. You know, I'm pretty sure World of Warcraft is up to 100 gigabytes of game data now. Um, possibly. That's insane. That, yeah. that's, <laughs> if, you, if you had to install it from DVD, you'd have to install over 10 DVD. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Although I'm not sure <laughs> if you keep all of your patch data. Yeah. Like I think they yeah. might optimize the files on your system, right? Yeah, I think they do. Like so you don't it's not like the old days where like I remember like having each patch separately downloaded in the like patches folder. Yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Although it, it it made patch downloading really quick, like like one person on the network could download the patch, and then the next person's like, "Oh man, I got it in four seconds because like someone on the network had it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, 
as we mentioned um so yeah so that's gonna be coming out i i imagine this week so um if you're looking to get any legion stuff done i would probably be doing it post haste um specifically the mage tower uh yeah specifically mage tower or any other appearances that are uh locked behind things in legion mm. um and in fact blizzard did even put it on the uh well launcher you know just mm. to make sure that you do it and they had the big werebear and other things that were um that people liked getting so i think that should be uh, something of a priority if you want that i'm not too fast i got the werebear and i got a few other ones so i'm pretty good you also got your uh your draenei was it allied race Oh yeah, allied races you can get at any time, and they'll still be available even after Battle for Azeroth, but you need to get exalted with certain uh, factions, which yeah. I would probably like uh, be doing now before Battle for Azeroth, because you know that there are going to be more factions in Battle for Azeroth to get a uh, reputation with. Well, it is a Battle for Azeroth, like, you know, we've got mm. to get everyone <laughs> on board for this. Yeah, sure. So they are going to be more allied races, uh, and we know of a few. Um, but the ones that are, will be coming around launch time are Dark Iron Dwarves and the Zandalari Trolls. So um, look out for those. Um, we already mentioned the Overwatch Group Finder, which was a good addition. But the more exciting news, which I believe Christian may have some more information about, um, is there was a new Overwatch hero announced. Indeed. So um, the new Overwatch hero uh, was rumoured to be a monkey called Hammond. Yeah, um, yeah, the, I did remember that. There's a lot of um, hints given on Horizon Winter Colony map um, that was pointing towards um, the new hero being like a chimpanzee. Um, but they've now revealed it to be a genetically modified hamster in a mech. Awesome. And it seems awesome. Um, so the the hero's official name is Wrecking Ball. Um, Wrecking so Ball. It's um, the character Hammond, who is a hamster, um, and he actually pilots this this mech. Yeah, um, from what I saw, it's like this ball that rolls around. Yeah, so one of its um, abilities is it, it turns into a like a, a droidica type ball and gets an increased movement speed and moves around. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, it hit, hit scan hero, um, gets a big shield that increases uh, the more enemy heroes around you, um, and has a grapple, uh, which allows you to grapple onto terrain and then swing around like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Like a, 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 ground, <laughs> a, an aerial ground pound uh, move as well that um, stuns and displaces enemies. Yeah, cool. And the is a minefield, uh, which... Uh, sets off a whole bunch of mines, takes a couple of seconds to activate, and then deals mass damage to anyone who walks into them. Yeah, I saw that. And it looks like they actually last pretty much forever. Yeah, I think they're indefinite. They can be destroyed, though, by, by enemy. Ah, okay. Yeah, that, 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 that's fine, though. You do need to have some counterplay. It can't just be, like, permanent area denial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Make him as strong as possible. No, uh... <laughs> So something interesting I found out about his law was that um, his budget broke off from Winston's as it was hurtling towards Earth during the, the monkey riots in space. Yeah. And, and he landed in Australia, where according to the developer guy, this is quite, this is, this is quote unquote, 
He participated in the Queen's gladiator gladiatorial combat arena. Oh, which, which I found hilarious because that that implies that in, in the near science fiction future of Overwatch, uh, the Queen has taken feudal control of Australia off her Governor General. <laughs> this is a different Queen. I, <laughs> I don't think uh, Queen Elizabeth would uh, would still be alive. Yeah, something tells me she wouldn't be alive. Although we don't know, we don't know that. We don't know that though. This is obviously this is obviously Queen Elizabeth's like brain and brain in a jar, right? Because, <laughs> but no. So so we. Uh, nah, it must be like it must be Prince Harry's market. daughter or something. Yeah, maybe. But uh, but I, I'm just thinking like because because it, it got me thinking about like <laughs> the Governor General just having this little. Gladiatorial arena in service to the queen. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. Who is our governor general now? I, I actually forget. Uh, I don't know. No, whatever. I don't think it matters. <laughs> um, yeah, it will be interesting to see um, where Wrecking Ball fits into the meta. Um, I think he heralds the new age of uh, dive again. Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. I, uh, I, I think he, he may be uh, a little bit difficult to get around, but I think once people get some practice with him, I think it should become pretty simple and really effective. So I'm pretty interested to see how, how it goes and, and what happens. All right. Now it's time to dig in to our juicy, juicy esports that is happening this week, guys. Esports. I know there has been a lot going on, and I think the, what we'll do is we'll get started with what's happening in Hearthstone. You face Daraxus, Eladar Lord of the Burning Legion. Well played. Well played. Good game. Well played. Good game. You stream. I stream. We all stream for Hellstream. All right. So what's been uh, kicking off this week is. The HCC Summer Finals. So it was a group of sixteen that have been, that have qualified for this particular event. That are in uh, groups with double elimination uh, in order to for um, in order to get to the um, uh, semi uh, quarterfinals, followed by semi and finals. Um, so we've had a lot of different games. We've had some crazy, well, not cr well, I mean, some crazy stuff happening. As much as like Hearthstone can be crazy, um, and yeah, I think we should just get straight into it. So, um, first thing I wanted to mention is about the spread of decks that we have been seeing at this particular event. They've been out for a little while, and I get my stats over over from um, Hearthpone, which do an excellent, excellent um, spread and have and and look at all the different things. So, the least surprising is that there have been 14 Warlocks that have been brought. I think Warlock needs a tagline at this stage. Uh-huh. Warlock, still on top. Yep. <laughs> Even after the nerfs, um, there are just a shit ton of Warlocks walking around. Um, mostly yeah, even Warlocks, more. and, you know, it, it's something that Joey said that might happen, and, and yeah, and it fucking did. And it, it's mm -hmm. back with a vengeance, so... Um, those uh, warlocks are back with uh, even lock. There are still some cube locks, and uh, it, I'll be talking a little bit a little bit about that later on. Um, 
which is it does look like the back of the it does look like to me the the back of the cube has been broken like it's oh not, yeah absolutely it's not as, as what i saw before no 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 nowhere near it nowhere near it man so they've definitely put the put a hurting on cube lock but not enough to put warlock down in the dumpsters where i you know i hoped it would be um but yeah so um a couple of other things as well is that uh to the surprise of no other person there are also 13 druids yeah lots of druids yep uh, mostly taunt druid or the new incantation of taunt druid which is actually pretty good um there are a few tokens around and one spiteful druid <laughs> one person saying fuck <laughs> you to the spiteful nerfs it's still holding down the fort <laughs> yeah still holding down the fort for every for all of the spiteful summoner fanboys and my personal favorite 11 of the 16 decks were fucking shamans they brought it mostly <laughs> shut a walk yeah i know you <laughs> got finally got your, your, your time i got my play. dream shut a walk everywhere the best um and uh also even shaman which is another shaman deck that i really really enjoyed um mm -hmm. having a heavy representation in the finals and i thought it was fucking awesome the melee totems the totems is covering the field yeah i mean well not i mean sometimes um, <laughs> in the other game in the other game yeah in the other game in the other game um another one that also interested me the most was that uh old rogue has fallen off the wayside and made room for the good old miracle rogue to show back up again in force and in mass mm, yeah that's see that it was surprising to me too. I actually wasn't expecting Odd Rogue to fall off like that. No, so Odd Rogue just really, really went out. I think it was way too dependent on draw and snowballing mm -hmm. um, against really heavy control decks. So I think that's where it sort of um, lost a bit of its edge. And Miracle Rogue is just a lot more, I suppose, roguelike. It can, if it gets a good draw and if it can get to where it's good. I feel it can just take games out of nowhere and is really good up against sort of these control strategies where if you get a good miracle turn off, you can just set yourself up for almost a lethal right away. Also, also that, that auctioneer. Yeah, that's what I mean. The miracle. <laughs> that fucking auctioneer, man. Yeah, the, yeah, dude, that's, that's the miracle turn. It, it, no, I've, it's, just, it's just the miracle. Like, there's no <laughs> other way to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that it was quite uh, quite represented with uh, nine nine of the decks being um, Miracle Rogues. Um, mm -hmm. Some honorable mentions, and one deck in particular that I want to start piloting is um, Taunt Warrior. <laughs> yeah, there was one Taunt Warrior that was being brought, which is um, you know pretty good. Um, and from what I saw of the list, it was pretty much like a no fucks given about anything else except getting the Ragnaros hero power. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, it was just like, get me Ragnaros as fast as possible. Uh, followed by one person <laughs> bringing Combo Dragon Priest. Yeah, boy. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you guys know about the combo. Do you guys know what I mean by Combo Priest? No. No, do you know? <laughs> no. No, man. I don't, oh, really? Um, I don't know anything about this. Okay, no. so dragons in particular and most priest minions have the... Um, sort of upside and downside of the fact that they always have more health than they should, but less attack than they should for the mana value, right? Yeah. So the whole thing about Priest is that 
You won't be killing people too fast, but you'll normally stick minions to the board. Alright, so then Priest has a couple of other cards that have been around since, since like, the inception. Um, uh, called Divine Spirit in a, and Inner Fire. Divine Spirit yep. doubles the health of a minion, right? So if you have these uh, generally over-health minions, you can double its uh, health. Yeah. Keeping in mind that you can also do this multiple times. So if you, you can double a double, and it only costs you one mana to do that. So there's um, Sleeping Dragon, right? And he has 12 health already. So if you yeah. double that, it's 24. That's like, that's like a hero in front of you. Yeah, it's 24. Um, and I think yeah. this is part of the combo, is that if you can stick a Sleepy Dragon, um, you double it, and then there is a card called Inner Fire. Yeah. Inner Fire makes your attack equal to your health. <laughs> That's really strong. I really yeah. hope there's no, I really hope there's no sap in the rogue's hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> generally, you play it on the turn that you can attack with it. Yeah. So yeah, so that's how you really combo it out. In that, um, you know, you can double in a fire. Uh, sorry, um, sorry, double uh, divine spirit in a fire, and then um, bash for over thirty. Mm-hmm. That's the and, general strategy. Uh, hopefully, because the only way around that really is to have uh, enough secrets on the board such that you can't, um, you won't get hit by it. It'll hit the secrets instead, but. You know, there's there's other things at play there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it's relatively straightforward in that fact, but like you normally run it with other things that are menacing and your own removal. Yeah. So, uh, so hopefully by the time that you do that particular combo, you have uh, controlled the board enough and whittled them down enough, and and you know all these other things that have factor mm-hmm. into like that actually winning. But that's the whole idea: is that you. Put down, you stick a minion with high health, you double it, or um, or double it, then double it again. In a fire, mm-hmm. smash face, and win. So yeah. that, that's the that's the idea. Um, only one person brought it, and I salute that person. I forget who it was actually. It might have. Uh, I forget. Anyway, something that we were seeing, and um, I'm not sure if Joey saw much of this, but there was a lot of different tech cards that were being brought to this particular tournament, and I thought some of them were pretty, pretty interesting. Did you so happen Eugene, to see could, any? Uh, could you define what a tech card is for, um, as opposed to a different kind of card for people who don't, who aren't as uh, skilled at Hearthstone? Um, okay, so for one, tech cards have been around since before Hearthstone. <laughs> You just have to be a uh, a card gamer in general. Um, it's a Not huge <laughs> thing in Magic because in yeah. Magic, unlike Hearthstone, we get this thing called a sideboard, which would be fucking amazing if we could get this in Heroes. I mean, in Hearthstone, it would be really cool because then we could just, you know, modify our decks for the situation. Wouldn't that be a fucking smart idea? Anyway, my rage aside... Um, tech cards are cards that you um, intentionally put in your deck in order to counter a, a popular strategy that you think might happen. So an example is is that if I know that my opponent is going to be bringing a a deck that it goes really wide with a lot of small minions, then a tech card would be one that does a, lo- a, a large amount of AOE damage. Like swipe. Um, yeah, like swipe. Uh, I can think of I can think of better ones, um, but swipe mm. is uh, swipe is a good one. 
um, as well as you know things like Blizzard or Flame Strike or something like that. They're all good tech choices against what you would consider uh, like someone that's trying to go very wide on the board. Um, also, uh, you know uh, the the other side of that is if you know, for example, someone wants to play this combo um, this combo priest deck and they want to buff the shit out of a single minion. You can bring a lot of single target removal or denial or silence effects so that um so that 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 the really that isn't really a viable strategy against you so what we were seeing uh this time is a lot of skulking geist and what skulking geist does is that when it's played it destroys all uh one mana um cards in uh everybody's deck mm -hmm. in hand i'm pretty sure deck and hand i think so Wow. I, I I can't be sure of that. I did seem to think it was hand as well. Now let's check that. Pretty sure that's what it said. Yeah, destroy all one cost spells in both hands and decks. Wow. So yeah, really, really strong. How much how much mana does that cost? Six. Yep. So um the reason that this is being run is because of the fact that there are a fuck ton of taunt druids, and if you get rid of uh, one mana spells, it means you kill the taunt druids naturalize, which is one of the ways that they're able to uh, destroy their hadronox to get all their taunts back. Something that I've played in the past, so we should all know about that one. Um, as well, <laughs> against Q Warlock, uh, it can kill uh, Dark Pact. Ah, yeah, um, so, yeah, so there are a lot of different things that this can target and is a really, really good tech card and something that I was seeing all the time in different decks. So if you knew that you had a bad matchup against uh, Taunt Druid or you, uh, and you knew you were just coming up against Taunt Druid, I saw a lot of people having Skulking Geist to get rid of that combo. So now it was much harder for them to kill their Hadronox straight away uh, and prevent them from doing their, you know, pretty much doing their Taunt shenanigans. Um, so some of the other ones, oh, do you, do you have something else to say? No, 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 it's interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, the black knight was also another, uh, tech choice that I saw, uh, quite a lot. Um, and mm -hmm. you guys probably don't know what this one is either. So I'll explain it is that, uh, when the black knight comes down, you get to destroy, uh, a target taunt minion on the other side, uh, on your, on your opponent's side. See you later, Greymane or Arthas. Uh yeah, Arthas. Greymane does not a taunt one. Um Oh yeah, no, he's not, is he? Sorry. Nah, yeah, uh, uh, Arthas, uh, the the Lich King definitely is. So um so yeah, so the the Black Knight came in because of the fact that there was Taunt Druid around, obviously you can just kill kill a big taunt minion. Um and against things like Q Block, if you want to get rid of uh a void a void walker, then you could get rid of a no, sorry, a Void Lord. Void Lord, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you get rid you can get rid of a Void Lord pretty easily with this guy. Um and the big deck that we were seeing this in was actually Shaman. Right? The cool thing is, is that the Black Knight is a battle cry. So that ah, means So that means that when you play Shadowwalk, it goes off again. Mm. So yep. if they happen to have any taunt minions on the on the battlefield, um then Shadowwalk will just clear all of them off. Well, depending on how many times it, it gets triggered. Brutality. Yep. So pretty nuts and pretty cool. Um, the other big thing that I saw all the time was that everybody was running weapon hate 
everybody was running some type of ooze um, to deal with uh, cube warlocks, in fact, and, and possibly big spell mage um, if they're running Alanath. Um, but yeah, Skull of the Minari is one of the big cards for cube warlocks, and it was just being shut down every single time by uh, by oozes. Like, I, I pretty much never saw a Skull of the Minari actually do anything this entire tournament. <laughs> so, I, uh, there was a lot of Warlockade out there, even for like a deck that was heavily underrepresented. So, um, yeah, so that was basically what the field kind of looked like as far as uh, Dex was concerned about tech choices. Um, and you know what? There were some pretty good games. I, uh, I believe, Joey, uh, you had a look at one of the one of the games that was happening uh, this week? Yes, I did. I'm pretty sure it was the uh, a semi-final or, or round of eight. I'm not sure. Mm. But anyway, the, the game I did a deep dive on this week was, uh, I hate this guy's name, A83650 versus Yeah, me. you just call him A83. Yeah, A83. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah I, so, wouldn't, I wouldn't like, you know, say anything else other than that. Yeah, pretty much. So, the, so A83 was running. Uh, I, I actually thought he was going into this uh, game pretty weak because Yuyi was going really strong with the Druid. Um, and it, it looked like A83 was just unable to get tempo away from the Druid. Like, like he was always on the back foot no matter what. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because whenever he'd try to make a play or, or, or like he'd like begin a combo, you would just like what uh, go wide with the board, put a couple taunts down, then go smash, 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 and then up. There's uh, there's all his minions gone basically, mm-hmm. and it was going to pretty much come down to a eighty three had psychic scream ready, and he also had the the Anduin transform ready. Yeah, shadow reaper Anduin. Yep, shadow reaper Anduin, and he just had to play those at the exact right time, and then he was going to win. But unfortunately, he 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 got the Shadow Reaper out, but it killed Alex Dreiser, which was suboptimal. <laughs> oh, then, yeah, right. Yeah, and, and when uh, when A eighty three finally had like his his combo ready to go off and like and and one shot Yi mm-hmm. Yi had a swipe basically, and and the swipe just reconnated his entire field, yeah, and that sure. was. Just, does destruction. I was like, oh, A83, you're not coming out of this tournament well. <laughs> yeah. However, uh, I was wrong because A83 actually went on to win the series uh, because he, he won games two, three, and four. Dang. <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So basically, what we were seeing was he just, I think he just had a weak, a weak shaman. Um, because he just couldn't, he just couldn't get a win with his shaman, like like no matter what. Oh really? Hmm, yeah, that's so interesting. And game t- game two is pretty interesting because it it really showed you the power of psychic screen because basically game two was a replay of game one, except you was now playing a shaman instead of a druid. Mm, yeah, <laughs> <It was> right. Like, <laughs> so, so so in game one, you tempo is like awesome. He's like he's like just 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 wrecking dudes left and right. Getting getting these awesome wide boards and just like smashing into them like like a wave against the rocks. But in game two, 
A83 just outlasted all the shaman's nonsense. And then it, it, it literally went from, I thought Yi was done, to A83 psychic screams and wins. Hey. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And then in, in game in game three, A eighty three, he just had like the best miracle regular like I think he can possibly get because he got all these preparations. And he just, oh, he just right. gave the auctioneer all his preparations. He's like, hey, here you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> the so it actually got to like turn uh, like turn six, and he was able to like, um, you know, get the auctioneer down, and then like prep spell, then prep spell, and yeah. Yeah. Is that what right. happened? Yeah. That, that's exactly what happened. It's just pretty much he he just maxed out all the cards in his hand and then Yi couldn't put couldn't put anything on the board. So mm -hmm. so he so he tried to reset tempo with Hagatha, but it, it he actually killed himself by doing it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. And uh, I I've got down here as a note he had um my analysis was he had too much reliance on trash. So he so he was trying to get the the early board like he was trying to get the early board down pat, but he 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 couldn't translate it into mid game. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that 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 is quite like quite often a thing when you're playing uh playing a shaman is that you really want to like solidify yourself really early, and I think that's the whole thing against Miracle Rogue is that if you let Miracle Rogue go late, then you know that it's going to be bad for you. Like, yeah, you just know that it's not going to turn out very well because they have a lot of threats and a lot of things that can happen. So you do want to try get a big advantage before they can do their big miracle turn, where they can like yeah, top definitely. off with their auctioneer. Um, yeah. So I think that's like the right move, but possibly too much emphasis on it because it's a very fine line to skirt with a rogue. There was just nothing like A eighty three wasn't under threat in game three, and like it felt really obvious that he wasn't bringing enough like damage basically. Mm, yeah, sure. But I mean, anything big he brought up just sat back to his hands. So, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know enough about Hearthstone to, to give him any advice, basically. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the Miracle Rogue is. It's been around since, like, the first incantations of Hearthstone. You know, it's always been, and it was considered as extremely broken deck at, at the very start as well. Like, although everyone's playing it. What it's very good at is being able to keep tempo well enough for them to have a huge blowout turn. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, Vanish, if done, if used well, is just insane tempo for the rogue. Like, all you have to do is stall long enough for you, for, for yourself to get set up, like turn the corner is a, mm -hmm. is, a big, is a big sort of phrase that everyone says in Hearthstone. If you can turn the corner as a miracle rogue then the game's pretty much yours like you you just have it um mm. and i think that's pretty much just what happened like you know i i i didn't get to see this game in particular but i've seen enough miracle rogue games to understand that the miracle rogue obviously had enough tools to be able to stall and um and keep tempo sort of neutral enough so that they can you know just do their thing in the late game yeah did sure. you say that um miracle rogue relies upon incremental advantage um i don't think so it it no. it's not a tempo deck by any means it doesn't you know it doesn't require you to grind out your opponent it what it requires you to do 
is survive and have a huge blowout turn. That's the whole miracle rogue idea. Okay. Um, yeah, it, at, at its base. There are obviously times when you can play the incremental advantage, um, depending on what you draw and how you play it, or you can even have the you can even have the insane early board where you get like a you know a eight Van Cleef you know on like turn three or something like that. Um, that can happen, um, but most of the time it's you do enough so that you don't lose on tempo, and then you have a couple of large big turns with your uh, uh, Getter Zen Auctioneer. That puts you in a position to just win the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the whole idea behind Miracle Rogue. Yep. And that's pretty much what I saw as well. It's a pretty good, pretty classic Miracle Rogue game, it sounds like, for, for a life description. Mm. Yeah. The one card that I think that, um, that really brings it off is the spider one, where uh, when you play it, you get four spider cards that, when drawn, summon a 4-4 four, four spider. That yeah, one yeah. just I is... I saw that. I think that's what's really put Miracle Rogue back into the insane, as well as um, Zola the Gorgon is also another um, mm. good addition. So there are some pretty sweet things that are happening with Miracle Rogue at the moment, and is one that I'm pretty interested to start playing. So the the, the last game between these two guys it was um, eighty three on Druid and Yugi on Warlock, uh -huh. and. Just the defense of Taunt Druid is too strong. You couldn't uh, smash through it, even though you had a card advantage through most of it. Yeah. Um, the Warlock definitely does have card advantage, and if you ever look at it, it always just seems like the Taunt Druid is just going to be fucked the entire game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a really good deck. I can't, I can't tell you, man. It's so good. Like, like legit, a A83's health didn't drop below 30. Like, mm. he, he, he just armored up it, like, over and over again, and then boom. Just, just, just let the wallet kill himself with with life tap. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much uh, what what happens, man. The mm. the druid can just gain too much health, put down too many taunts, and get them back too many times. Yep. 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 And so, uh, so that's my analysis. Eighty three. Um, I think you did have a couple bad draws, and eighty three was lucky. But I think eighty three was uh, the superior Hearthstone player at this particular tournament at this particular point in time. Mm. Yeah, cool. Um, one of the games that I wanted to point out, and in particular, I really like I really like this player. So I, I like these two guys. Uh, one I thought had a ridiculous name was Bunny Hopper. Yeah. Um, and name. something that I did want to mention about this HET coverage is that I really got a good sense of narrative through this whole thing. Like I really got a sense of what's actually happening, and they they always made a, a an effort to try and get you know, interviews from the players and things from the players, even if they were like being douchebags with all of the like props that they had. I'm like, why is this guy carrying a doom hammer? Why do I give a fuck? Or like, why does he have frost <laughs> Um, But what was interesting is to hear about their story and about where they were from. And in particular, the Bonnie Hopper is actually doing a PhD. Oh yeah. Well, what's he doing PhD in? I have no idea. I think it's in like medicine or some shit. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. um, but he is a pro Hearthstone player and... Mm -hmm a researcher at the same fucking time yeah, good for him why not oh man i can't even imagine doing even one of those things well let alone two <laughs> of them yeah i know right although hudson is kind of nicer as an esport where it doesn't require the uh 
the endless practice to get the reactive skill that the other Blizzard games have. Yeah, very true. It is it is very strategy based in, in that in that sense. So like as long as your strategy's on point, then I think it's pretty good. Um, but mm. yeah, I just I just thought it was pretty nuts, and it, it is one of the more lenient ones to do except you do have to grind a lot of ladder in order to be able to in order to be able to compete so i uh man hats off to that guy and you know what he's actually just a really really good um hearthstone player uh as well as Mm. glory um glory is just as far as i was concerned just another japanese dude um but i really really liked his plays there was one particular game that i wanted to highlight that i watched between these two guys um yeah. it was okay so for one i i was laying in bed when when this was on and i had nothing else to do and so for some reason i thought warlock versus warlock was an interesting match to talk about uh, <laughs> but in particular it was Glo- uh, bunny hopper's even warlock versus glory's q block oh, okay that's interesting and um i think for most of this for most of the game um glory was just on the back foot for the majority of the time but one thing that I thought that was really, really interesting is that the type of plays that Glory was making uh, was the perfect example of playing around cards and perfect mm-hmm. example of manipulating your opponent to, to make a bad choice or make a suboptimal choice. Like Bunny Hopper just had the right choice every single time, but it, may, it, it really highlighted the fact that you can actually play from behind to sort of maximize your options. And what I'm talking about is that Instead of slamming down Skull of the Minari on five, right? He actually yeah. waited and played out other cards um, in right. order to sort of check his opponent and make sure that his opponent didn't have an explosive next turn after that. So, what, like, he was sort of playing around the fact that he knew that Bonnie Hopper would have had uh, the um, the ooze to destroy the Skull of the Minari, which is really what you need in order to play your um doom guards and void lords and then get the cube down on them mm-hmm. which is like the whole thing so Minari is one of the better ways to do it or possess lackey so um instead of playing out skull Minari straight away he actually waited on it and played out some other threats um to really slow down his opponent and make sure that his opponent really had to make a choice about what he wanted to do in that particular time and it was that kind of like defensive pressure that i thought was just really really awesome um, yeah, cool. even though, uh, Bonnie, uh, you know, Glory ended up losing the match and Bonnie Hopper had a really, really insane, um, insane, uh, shaman win versus his taunt druid. Um, I, I just thought that Glory played a, a really interesting game, uh, as well. I think it was, uh, the Shadowwalk shaman versus taunt druid that I thought was particularly interesting and where I saw the real value of a black knight, um, the Black Knight was insane versus a Cube Warlock, because definitely, um, yeah, because like you can just yeah, kill all right. of the taunts, and if you get Shadowwalk going, you can just kill every single taunt that that person has. So even if they're Blood Reaper Gul'dan, like yeah, the Shadowwalk combo, it will just get rid of all the taunts. It was just really insane and really cool to see. I mean, taunt removal really shuts down Cube Warlock pretty hard because like once you get rid of all the Void Lord, Void Warlock. Void shit. Yeah. <laughs> what have they got left? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna make myself a void sandwich because <laughs> that's all I got left. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, um, it, it worked out really well, and um, yeah, hats off to Glory, even though he didn't make the um, 
didn't make the top eight. Um, Bonnie Hopper is still in the top eight though, um, which is which is good to see. And um, yeah, I just I just hope uh, just hope he does well. Yep, same. Mm. I uh, I will, I will say having having a look at the quarterfinals. Um, there is only one person from uh, the Americas region, which is Killin' All Day. Oh, actually, I think Nell Godan as well uh, from the um, uh, from the South America region. But there are quite a number of Europeans and uh, three Asia Pacific players, but none of them obviously Australians. Um, all um, so one Korean, one Korean, uh, one Chinese. We're obviously oh. too busy in the in, in the Royal Arena down here. Oh yeah, obviously the uh, the Queen's Arena or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Queen's Arena. Yeah. The Queen's Gladiators Royal. Yeah, t t Tony Abbott's back in power and he's um, you know. He's... <laughs> oh please. <laughs> <laughs> and he's institutionalized, you know, the Queen's Arena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if only. All right. So yeah, that that was basically all that's happening. Um, we still have the quarter, semi, and finals to to still go down, I believe, um, at the time of recording. So we should be able to see all of that go down, and I'm pretty excited to see who's going to win. Looking forward I to think, it. I think it'll be a pretty good, um, pretty good matchup with a pretty good spread. So yeah, that should be pretty pretty good. All right, I think now it's time to head over to Heroes of the Storm. I have a PhD in PvP. You have some skill. Talent? Ah, that seems generous. What? I mean, I knew I could do that. Alright, so this week, guys, was the start of Phase 2. Phase 2. Phase 2. I the... thought... <laughs> the brawl is over. Yeah, the brawl's over. We've had our we've had our little bit of a break, and now we're just kicking off with phase two. And I I actually thought it was going to be coming a lot later than this, but no, we get fucking getting straight back into it. Um, a couple of things to get started off with is that there have been some roster swaps, um, mm -hmm. and it's pretty much the 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 time when there's a lot of people going around, and you'll see a lot of different names in different teams if you've been paying attention. Um, I, I'm not going to go and bore everybody with like the individual changes, um, but it looks like there are some pretty interesting swaps going around and some uh, more normalization, I think, of the power of some teams. Um, yeah, importantly, ones that are on the bottom, like LFM Esports, got some new additions, etc. This is over in North America. Um, yeah. But, you know, there were some definite swaps happening around the place, which is really, really cool to see. So I think that's um, I think that's something that's awesome. That's pretty. That's going down. All right. Looking at North America, at the um, at the HDC this time in phase two, they've done another caster swap on me. Another caster swap. Yep. Save <laughs> a few weeks since the last one. Well, so they started out with. Um, Oh no, I think they've just gone back to it. They've gone back to what they yeah, started out at the start, yeah. which is um, Gillyweed and Jehau. And I'm interested to see how these guys go ahead. Um, I, I really do like Gillyweed. I think she's like pretty a, a really amazing caster. And um, yeah, still uh, I'm still no, I'm still I'm still good on Jehau. Actually, I, I like him now. Mm -hmm. 
I like it now. He has a lot of references that resonate with me really well. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, he's, yeah. He's pretty funny. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Um, and the the funny thing that I actually noticed is that um they have to angle the camera slightly so that Gillyweed looks like somewhat the same height as Jay Howe, but he's just like this monstrous dude that will actually tower over her in real life. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, so I, I I think I noticed them like angle the camera slightly so that she looks a little bit taller. But I, mm -hmm. um, so you know it's it's it is pretty interesting. But um, yeah, I, I really I really do like him. Um, onto the games though, a couple of things that I was noticing while I was watching this in particular is that the XP changes um have really been showing. Yeah, so people aren't prioritizing the uh, the towers anymore. No, they are prioritizing the towers, but we're just not seeing the same benefits from it. Like, yeah, sure. You know, like if you take three front walls, um, that's normally like back, back, you know, back a few weeks ago or a month but ago. It's now, a really like that's a really strong position. Like, yeah, that was almost a two level lead, right? If you yeah. had it and and your team, you know, and the opposition didn't. You were in a really, really fucking good place, but mm. um, but now I saw it, and even looking at the games, like I've been feeling it in our home games, but looking mm. and seeing it in pro games, I'm just like, holy shit, this is just really a, this is a thing. Like all the front walls are down, and all they got was like half a level XP lead or something like that. It was fucking nuts. Yeah, it sucks. So, um, no, it it doesn't necessarily suck. I think it, I think it is a good thing. I don't think. If you get that, you should have a gargantuan lead. I think if you get forts, if you get all three forts in a row, yeah, then you should have a two-level lead, and you probably will. Um, mm. But no, nah, not just front walls. So that that was that was um, one of the things that I noticed. Well, that's actually a pretty big nerf to Sylvanas um, and other and other early takers as well, because um, mm. if the if the free walls don't give you like the free level lead, then um, I mean that really demotivates the uh, strong split, the strong split laner. Uh, yes, it does. Um, uh, specifically, the one designed to do that and only that. We yeah. have not seen specialists in HDC in pretty much forever, uh, and I'm not sure that we're going to anytime soon. I find that a bit sad because I think the specialists add a lot to the game. Like they, they they tend to have the more interesting abilities, and I think their playstyle is, is quite entertaining to watch. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, man. Um, I I think that they're extremely unique to Heroes of the Storm. I I don't think you really see too many of them. Like sure, in League of Legends, you could probably buy items to help you out or have you know people that are really good at it, but you wouldn't say that that's their main sort of job. Um, but specialists have all these interesting abilities, like they're there to be wave clear in sieges, like that's just what they do. And I think it's a, a playstyle that's very underutilized, but when you don't really get too much advantage of it, and if you try team fight, then they're shit, then yeah, you just much rather like a full damage dealer if you're a professional, which is really sad. One of the ways to look at it is the specialist would be the market differentiator for Heroes of the Storm as compared to other MOBAs. Because <laughs> yeah, because that that's honestly how I see specialists. I see specialists as Blizzard being doing it doing its market differential. So mm. where they do things like Chokal, which is like a tank and um, tank and DPS combined, or they do a um, Lost Vikings, which is like each Viking is one third of a hero. 
mm-hmm. interesting. Like it's yeah, it, yeah, it is. I I agree, and like it, it's the reason that I like this game. Um, mm-hmm. over other mobas, um, but other mobas, it's yeah. it, it it is it is a little disappointing to to not see in HDC. So, um, on the topic of uh of heroes that have been picked at the moment, um, at the start of um phase two i did see some pretty popular picks um mm-hmm. obviously it's hgc so and we all know what that stands for hanzo genji championship yep absolutely uh so these guys are <laughs> <laughs> these guys are everywhere um which is just, shimadas yep the shimadas are just everywhere um and you know we're gonna change for a while um yeah. Johanna is actually coming back with a vengeance. She is one of the new powerhouse warrior picks um, and is insanely popular right now, which was like really good to see. Um, Pretty interesting because like her, her escape is like, you know, uh, casually walking out while unstoppable. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not flashy by any means, but it's really mm. effective. Um, I think, I, I, you know, I, I think if you want to um, just bring everything to the table. Johanna's always good at it. She just can't do the damages is the only problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that's, well, that's what your team's for. Yeah, very true. Um, Thrall is another one that's uh, that's been back, uh, specifically run an Earthquake a lot. So that's been excellent oh, yeah. to see. Um, as well yeah, as so Tahaka. Yeah, Tahaka is another hugely contested pick. For the isolation kills um yeah well just for the global and the solo lane potential man like yeah. it's just good to have a very mobile uh, a global warrior that has such a high impact on team fights because mm. like you know a dahaka can come in and then isolation tongue some like you know isolation one person tongue another person and that mm-hmm. could easily swing a fight around yeah definitely so uh very high priority especially because um dahaka has <laughs> around it's like uh, every bush is the Huggers bush. Yes. <laughs> and one that was insanely popular is one of Christian's favorites, good old Tassadar. Yeah, I'm really glad to, to see Tassadar being played again. Yeah, he has, he, he has seen a big, big resurgence. And um, I think it is almost the makings of a new meta forming. Almost. Yes. The forceful meta? Um, no, nah, they're all going. They're all going Twilight Archon. Um, yeah, uh, no false walls. I'm sorry. I don't think any Tassadar went false wall the entire time. Um, it's because you have warriors for um, for CC. Uh, and I think false walls also a bit weak against Hanzo Genji. Yeah, that's yeah, it is a little bit. You're right. Um, you're right. You're right in that respect. A well timed false wall is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I I love false wall. Um, the problem is is uh is that you're essentially down to damage, and Tassadar needs to to do his best in that regard. And and like I've seen Infinite Archon, and it's just amazing. Yes, Infin- Infin- Infinite Infinite it just Archon keeps zapping, so good. zapping, and zapping. It's just so oh my god. It just keeps going. It's like some type of energizer battery. Um, it is. Yeah, and it's it's honestly um. People really undervalue it and underestimate it a lot, but it, it it's actually a fucking DPS monster. I'll have to give it a go. I think I think you I think dude, you definitely should. And 
I think once you go Infinite Archon, I don't know if you're going to go back to Force Wall. Just saying. Okay. Mm. A big statement, I know, but you should definitely give it a go. Um, there are a couple of interesting picks as well that I saw. I saw a huge rise in uh, Karazine play over the, over the last couple of days. and yeah, what, What's the go with that? Like, I think last episode we were talking about solo Karazine. Yeah, we were. Last time too. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it was played in the finals. It's like, is what? that a thing now? Or? It's um, there was a thing running around in Master League where that would happen, but um, I think that well, the the series that I watched had a, a player called Collusion, which is just a, a you know a fucking Karazin fanatic apparently. But um, I I honestly think that if you're running a Tassada or you're running certain heroes that you just need this extra little bit of damage and that's where Karazim really really shines is when you need that last bit of damage where he'll dash in and then like punch people you know you know throw down the punches and whatever get the kill and then dash out like it's I think it's really more of a running into a dive type uh type strategy just the just the pseudo assassin to help support Genji as he dives yeah yeah or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or anybody else for that matter, just to be able to get the kills or or even if you want to play a pick style composition to get the isolation. If you can get the isolation seven sided strike, then that's like uh that, what, is, that is really strong. Yeah. yeah, like fifty percent of the HP already gone just from the one ultimate. Cause in Pro League you never go Divine Palm, right? Because they always play around Divine Palm. Uh you do do it sometimes. Um I did see some Divine Palm play. Uh, to sort of help against the the, the like burst or the this like the uh, the single target blow up strategy, yeah, um, sure. divine palm's really good against that. But if you're trying to run this pick start comp where you're the one that's skirmishing around trying to get the picks, then seven sided is really good. Hmm. Um, one thing that I saw as well a lot that Christian will be happy about is stitches. Stitches yeah. is running around getting the bitches all day. Wait, yeah. hooking bitches. Yeah, so um, there was quite a quite a lot of stitches play and varying builds as well, which is just really surprising. Um, in the he would go slam build in one in one uh, match, but then go a more like a tanky survivability build in the next one. Um, so it was it was a, a varying like array of different um, different styles, um, but still really really effective. There was a bit of um, Stitches Medivh uh, troll play in in the playoffs mm. um, of the playoffs, the brawl. Um, were, was uh, were you seeing much Medivh? No, nah, no Medivh at all. Wow, he's gone. Yep, <laughs> yeah, there was literally no no Medivh played uh, from what I saw. Um, I, don't so... think, I don't think that was enough though. Like it just went out of favor, or what? Yeah, I think so. I uh, I mm. think he just went out of favor. Like he was a heavily heavily contested pick for a little while, but. There were some small changes that I think made him a little bit non-optimal, specifically like some of the healing changes and some of the other things like um, the shield is like a, the one that benefits enemies is non-talented and all this other stuff. Like just small things that that really, uh, you know, had him fall out of favor. Mm. Um, as well, a couple of things to note is that the, like there was some Malthiel that we're seeing play. Nice. Which I was pretty was happy about. Always good to see the Angel of Death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, after his um, big rework, uh, we didn't really see too much of him. 
but um but now he's just definitely seeing some play um Very as exploding. well finally i did not see garrosh every single game <laughs> yes oh it was the best like he was he was banned a lot um to be fair he was banned quite a bit but he wasn't everybody's first pick Valfurion was still all over the fucking place and i didn't want to mention it but Valfurion was still fucking everywhere but um no no Sukov. uh some of the other supports were most mostly tassadar um uther and karazim yeah okay I didn't really, I didn't really see any Stukov. I didn't really see any Rhaegar. Um, I didn't even see any Alexstrasza. Um, mm-hmm. I did see one Brightwing though. A Brightwing, really? Yeah, a Brightwing. Uh, which crazy. I'm, which I, uh, I will, I will talk about a little bit. Um, yeah, so I did see a Brightwing. So that was pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Um, as well, some of the extremely uh, contested picks was um, Tracer. Is still a big priority for people. Yep. And I think they're not running on the same patch as us again, where Tracer got a slight nerf um to her um to her basic attack damage and whatnot. So I think after that she may be a little bit less favored, but is still a high priority pick. Yeah, so when's Arel coming after that? Um I man, I have no idea. Fair enough. No idea. It's probably it's probably somewhere on the on the website. Um, actually, I didn't think they'd publish that. Yeah, I'm not sure when they uh when they actually go over to to live or anything close to live. But I imagine it'll be a few weeks before we see URL. Yeah. Well, because because they're probably gonna they're probably not gonna release it already. Like most broken forms, so they're probably gonna. No. Yeah. They yeah they're gonna wait. So. Patches. Yeah, they definitely will do that just for. Um, just for sake of um, um, the balance, <laughs> we both remember Ragnaros. Yeah, fucking Ragnaros. <laughs> Cut that. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, yep. So, so that was that was that was good to see. Um, one of the interesting games that I saw, one of the series that I watched, was um, Heroes Hearth versus Team Freedom. Mm-hmm. And this was a really, really crazy series. I honestly thought that Heroes Hearth was just going to run away with it. Um, but Team Freedom did put up a really, really good fight. Um, and I think it was just insanely good to watch and some really, really good play and good picks um, over, the, over, the, uh, over the time. Um, game two, though, was one that I think Heroes Hearth put on a fucking clinic uh, how to play Sky Temple? <laughs> yeah. So, 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 what happened with it? How did they? How did they capitalize their towers? Yeah. Well, it's not so much about what they were doing with their towers. There was just a lot of good play around towers in general. Like these are pro players; they know timings. They know. They know yeah. what to do. But in particular, what was happening is that there was a lot of uh, coordination. Um, mm-hmm. between a few of the members, and in particular, um, Jaina ended up going Ring of Frost instead of uh, Water Elemental this game. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, that was something that was um, that was pretty instrumental in in how things were going. Is that that Heroes Hearth had heroes that could engage and defend, 
So they had mm-hmm. Malfur- they had Malfurion, Johanna Blaze, Genji, and um, and Jaina. And what happened was is that Team Freedom decided to engage on them, right? So they had ETC, you know, go and do a stage dive. But as soon as that happened, everybody started to like dive in. But all mm-hmm. Malfurion had to do was put the roots down, and then <laughs> and then Jaina had the Ring of Frost, and they had the Johanna Blaze to um, to control everything. So. Team Freedom decided to engage on Hero's Hearth and just got absolutely fucking punished for it. And that yeah, was like a... Devastating. Yeah, it was really devastating. It was a big, big, like, sort of mid-game team fight. Um, but then what I saw afterwards was the fact that not only could they defend themselves, but they're also really good going forward and getting picks, um, especially if you can hit Johanna's ultimate, um, Blessed Shield. So there were just so many times where one of the warriors on team freedom or somebody would just be caught out. Like they would, they would hit the blessed shield, follow up with a blaze stun. And by that time, um, Genji and, um, and Jaina were there with the, with the blow up. And like, I'm pretty sure it was ETC. A lot of the time would just be in the wrong position and would just be hit with a blessed shield, you know, you know, uh, you know, stuck in, uh, get hit by blaze. And then it was pretty much all over from there. So, there was just a lot of times where they would execute properly. And um, not only that, they were playing the late game really well. Like, they would make sure that all of their lanes were pushed out. And then when it came time for the temples, um, all they had to do was just play around it properly. Like, they could see that their lane was was uh, not pushed out top lane and the, and the temple was spawning. So instead of going to fight Team Freedom at the temple and possibly lose uh, lose a team fight. All they did was push out one of the other lanes that uh, one of the other lanes that were really forward and and get some experience with the enemy structures and force Team Freedom to respond to them instead of having to respond to Team Freedom. So it was just them really orchestrating the map in the way that they in the way that they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, so um, I would recommend that people go watch this particular series. And game two is uh, in particular was really good. In the mm. um, yeah, Heroes Half was just able to really put on a show of what to do in that particular uh, setting. Um, games three and four though were also just fucking awesome to watch. Um, and this is where Tassadar really, really came in and was sort of the double support strategy that has been flowing around a lot um, ever since the changes. The double support being uh, Tassadar crazy. Um, not necessarily Tassadar Karazim. There was also um, uh, there was also um, Tassadar Malfurion, um, and oh, yeah. uh, and um, it, so this is mainly game three and game four. So Team Freedom came back during game three and were able to use Tassadar and Karazim to like good effect on on Cursed Hollow as well as Hanzo with the full W build um, to be able to come back and and do really well. Yeah, but the last game was it was double support versus double support. So one one side, which was Heroes Hearth, had um, the Tass Tracer and Malfurion, right? Yeah, Tass Tracer and Malfurion. Yeah, and um, the other side had uh, Moradin, Hanzo, and Brightwing. So yeah. Uh, sorry. What is it? Uther. Yeah, Uther. Yeah, Hunter, okay, right. yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm like murders of support. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, what what ended what ended up happening was that they sent off Brightwing, uh, 
into the middle lane to sort of soak and the bottom lane was Tastre, Tracer, Malfurion versus Borodin, Uther and Hanzo. And, and what map was this, sorry? Uh, this was on Towers of Doom. Oh yeah. So um, they had this insane battle in the bot lane pretty much for the entire time where um, hmm. the uh, Tas Tracer and Malfurion was just basically uh, Tracer running around being the fucking British bitch that she is trying to shoot people. Um, while get people, get um, people bangers and mash, yeah, <laughs> yeah. While um, <laughs> Uther and Muradin were trying to stun her for long enough for Hanzo to get a kill on her, yeah. And basically, this went on for just fucking forever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was just this thing where you know she'd get stunned a couple of times, take some shots from Hanzo, but then get healed up by the. By the Malfury and Tassadar shield, and yeah, then yeah. You Tassadar know, with the immediate shield comes out, and then she heals herself with the auto attacks. It's like, yeah, oh my god, you know. And then she'll, but then she'll, she'll like go in and then like drop a pulse bomb on Hanzo, and then stick it and go back with the parting gift. And then you know, Uther would have the heal to give him the armor, and yeah, yeah, every was, time, yeah, every time. So, uh, what ended up happening was that as soon as the map started uh, coming together and playing around, um. There was a lot more movement and a lot more things could happen i did really yeah. think i did think that team freedom was going to run away with it because the brightwing was getting insane value on here because of the fact that they only had the tracer to deal damage um mm -hmm. i felt that their focus fire was really bad yeah sure like as much as tracer can do damage like she would just just be up in somebody's grill that nobody else could be and she was the only person on them while the other guys were just you know fighting in the front lines so i thought that that brightwing was just getting insane value um because of the fact that there were multiple people taking damages so i i thought the, that hmm? the thing about tracer is like she has lots of damage but she doesn't do that much damage no no not not enough anyway so um yeah. there was just a lot of i just i honestly thought that team freedom would have it but there was some really really good plays and the thing about double support uh double tank is that mm -hmm. when your damage dealer is dead your team is just shit absolutely yeah <laughs> it really it really hinges on the hyper carry yeah it really does so you know if you have the hyper carry then everything's all good you know you can go in pew pew and survive all day and whatnot and have these long drawn out team fights that you probably will win um, but yeah. as soon as you lose your damage dealer, that's it. You're pretty fucked. Yeah, definitely. So um, it was it was interesting to see the battle um, and see how everyone went around it and the value that people were getting. And um, yeah, but in the end, it was a hero's half uh, victory, and they managed to um, get some good picks with Tracer and get yeah. the Hanzo multiple times, even going into like the death zone on yeah like past the um you know uh, yeah into the, like the death zone on towers of doom to get kills on mm. um to get kills on hanzo mm. so um yeah it was, it was really really interesting to watch and really good and i think it's a just a really good start to a to a phase two from what i saw there weren't really uh many stomps happening there weren't many three zeros there were a couple of three ones and some three twos um so i think it's going to be a good I think it's going to be a good, uh, good series. Yeah, sounds like it, man. Um, I'm looking forward to catching a whole bunch of Phase Two games. Yeah, interested to see the new meta. I hope it's not all double support because I can get Tyson, but <laughs> <laughs> I like I like seeing the big blobs. 
Yeah, I I do too. I think I think we will see some more double support, especially with Tassadar going around. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I I do think it will be tempered slightly by the fact that we can have these dive compositions. So, um, yeah, could it, it's it's here or there. So, I I personally do uh, do like double support. It, I think it's a very easy meta to to figure out. Oh yeah, it is, and like the mm. the, the games are also uh, much easier to analyze as well. The, yeah. uh, it's uh, the lower kill count means that the um the micro plays are more important. Yeah, yes. You can hone in on the other specific things that they're doing to to either win or lose. Yeah, sure. And it it is really good for like fight analysis because the fight isn't over in like a millisecond. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, it is it is much more fun to have to watch and analyze that time. And I think um I think us having these like big dive blow up style comps have really led us to this whole idea of um if people are just surviving it's somehow just the craziest thing in the world like you're watching you're just like oh my god oh my god how are these people yeah. still alive you know and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah i think that's what double support really brings to the table it really does you know the, the fucking huns are getting away on two hips like it does bring that back mm, yeah well anyway i uh I think that does bring us to the end of our episode, guys. We are running a little bit long on time, so I'm going to end it there, I think. So where can we find us, Eugene? Oh, yeah, excellent question. Um, if you ever want to contact us, um, we have an email address. You can send us an email uh, to chilledpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, uh, chilledpodcast at chilledcast. So if you ever want to contact us there, uh, or have a look for any uh, information about recording time, show notes, etc. Um, our full catalog of podcasts is over at jhradio.com slash chilled. So please make sure to go check that out. Um, and I believe, Joey, that's where people can find you and some of the content that you've been making. Yes, you can find my blog at jhradio.com slash memes, where I run a blog called Meme Driven Development, which has nothing to do with memes or development, but... I can say it's at least driven, I guess. <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, you cool. Can, you can also find me by Googling my name. I'm number two on Google. I'm just underneath the artist, also known as as Joey Ray. Excellent. Excellent. I am beating the footballer known as Joey Ray, so I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> All right, that's cool, man. Um, everybody can uh, find me over on Twitter. I am at OvalTeenGene. Uh, if you ever want to ask us questions, hangouts, or have any comments about me. Um, yep, I think that will um, bring us to the end, guys. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much, Eugene. Thanks, as always. And stay easy, stay breezy, guys. Bye, everyone. Yep, take care, everybody. <laughs>